What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I am your host, Dwayne Callender. A lot of things happened in the NFL this week for Week 10, so we're going to get right into it uh, as we speak. Uh, I mean, uh, we're going to recap it, and we're going to start off with that dumpster fire of a Monday Night Football game, because uh, right up until Jay Cutler threw one of the worst interceptions you will see all year, uh, that game was going nowhere fast. Uh to be honest, it, it, Carolina was a little bit stuck in neutral, and really, it can't. It, it it turned on a dime when Luke Keekley picked off Cutler with less than a minute left to go in the first half. Uh, Carolina uh, uh, then goes in uh, for the score, and that pretty much deflated uh, Miami. But uh, we're gonna get into the highlights right now uh, because the. The entire game uh, seemed to depend on the fact that Cam Newton could not get any support to start uh, uh, this game. I mean, he had at least five different drops in that first half. Uh, Chris Samuel uh, had a brutal game, and he got hurt on top of it. Uh, So uh, he had at least four drops uh, in that game. But, uh, you know, second half, Carolina turning around. Cam got a couple of big runs off, a couple of pass plays down the middle of the field. I mean, Miami was not tackling whatsoever. So uh, Cam ends up with uh, over 35 points. I mean, basically was the top QB in the league. Uh, so he actually stole the thunder from a uh, number of unlikely QB of the week uh, contenders. Uh, but uh, Cam with four touchdowns. I mean, it was just a tour de force performance because of how pathetic Miami was uh, last night. I mean, if you're looking at it 
realistically, the Dolphins are done, but Adam Gates may be getting fired at the end of the year. Uh, and he was the latest in the line of saviors for this franchise. Uh, I honestly don't know what to make of Miami at this point because uh, there's not much you could say about this team other than they they look like they're they're quitting on their, uh, on their head coach. I, 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 there's nothing else I could say about this uh, other than uh, this team needs a complete overhaul. And you thought you were one player away at the quarterback position because of uh, the injury to Tannenhill, but you're actually starting to realize Tannenhill might actually be as bad as you thought, but Tannenhill's not any good. I mean, Jonathan Stewart had over 100 yards rushing. That's how bad you were on defense last night. I mean, Indomitian Sue looks like he wants to get out of there. I mean, that was just a mess of a game uh, if you're a Dolphins fan. And I did hear from the Dolphins fans on Twitter about how miserable they are. But hey, it's, it's it could be worse, Dolphins fans, because I got up a guy up in New Jersey that's that's going to be available in the offseason to coach a team. So if you're looking for a new head coach, I got a guy. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on uh, and get into our next game, uh, which is the Falcons and Cowboys. Uh, you know. This was the first real game without Zeke, and guess what? It showed. I mean, this wasn't even much of a game, if you're honestly thinking about it, because Atlanta's offense didn't do a whole lot. The issue that I see with uh, the Falcons is the fact that the offense still can't really get the ball going. I, uh, uh, Devonta Freeman gets injured uh, in the first series of the game. Helmet-to-helmet contact, goes down with concussion protocol. Uh, Tevin Coleman uh, gets uh, gets some burn along with Teron Ward. But, I mean, realistically, the Falcons didn't do much on offense until Sean Lee goes down with a hamstring injury for the Cowboys. Then you actually start seeing uh, Matt Ryan get Austin Hooper involved. Uh, you get some passes down the middle of the field with Taylor Gabriel. I mean, the Cowboys just looked at completely out of sorts, and this game is on Jason Garrett because, uh, you know, the Falcons didn't do much, yet they still won the game 27-7, to which is how bad the Cowboys were on offense. Uh, I mean, you're, you're looking at uh, uh, Chaz Kelly getting absolutely housed. I mean, housed by Adrian Claiborne. And, you know... I, I, I can't say enough about how, I mean, uh, I said Chaz Kelly, Chaz Green, but I can't say how bad a job uh, uh, Jason Garrett did this week because there was no help given uh, on the left side. It's literally your left tackle getting destroyed by an edge rusher. I mean, he got speed rushed. He got, I mean, every which way you can get beat like a redheaded stepchild. The, uh, the Cowboys were getting beat on the offensive line. And there's no help. There's no chip from a running back. There's no chip from a tight end. You don't change it of the formation. I mean, the Cowboys had no answers for one of the simplest uh, adjustments you could have made. And guess what? No one did anything on offense for the Cowboys. So you could say whatever you want about the Cowboys' Super Bowl aspirations, how much Zeke means to the team. If you can't do basic fundamentals, you don't deserve to get to the playoffs. 
And right now, the Cowboys are not a playoff team. So they're going to have to sort some things out. But, I mean, that that performance Sunday was uh, pathetic. So uh, we're going to move on because, literally, if you had the Cowboys players on this team, you got nothing. Uh, so n- next up, we've got uh, a matchup which, to be frank, I didn't think was going to be a game, but... Shockingly, the Steelers were asleep yet again for a game that they should have won easily. Uh, uh, I mean, the the Colts, to their credit, they came back and they came out and kind of smacked the Steelers in the mouth. I mean, they uh, jumped out to the lead and uh, kind of held the Steelers in check for uh, the first half. I mean, it it literally took a a big effort from Juju Smith-Schuster, put up a Almost 100 yards uh, receiving, uh, had the touchdown. Uh, but, uh, you know, Antonio Brown's getting blanketed, folks. So, I mean, this is the game people were expecting to break out. I was expecting Antonio to break out. AB ain't breaking out this year, folks. I, I, I mean, you may get one or two, like, sterling games, but I, I think the ship has sailed on Antonio Brown being the difference fantasy maker because teams are just making a concerted effort of shutting him down and I would actually say if you have a chance to deal him in fantasy and I know this is insane you might want to actually consider making making the move if you can get a a wide receiver one and a a running back two I I think you got to make that deal because the production is just not going to be there to justify you being in the playoffs with Antonio Brown just not having the looks. I mean, teams are just making the concerted effort. We're going to shut down either Bell or Antonio, and that's it. And it's easier to shut down Antonio than it is to shut down Le'Veon. So, uh, Antonio Brown's suffering right now, and your fantasy value's going down with him. But uh, the issue is that, uh, you know, the Steelers as a whole – the defense is much better, so they're actually getting the numbers. But, uh, you know, you still look at it uh, from the standpoint of Big Ben's under 250 yards passing again this year. Le'Veon, you know, decent day. Not, nothing too crazy. 80 uh, yards rushing, 32 yards receiving. I mean, it, it was a very pedestrian day uh, for the Steelers. They got a last-second field goal which was the only time they held the lead was when the clock uh, uh, hit double zeros. I mean, again, credit the Colts, but this is telling a whole lot about the Steelers uh, in terms of a fantasy perspective for me. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at them Thursday night, and I'm very curious to see if, because uh, the Titans' uh, secondary gambles a lot, so they may screw up and allow AB to get loose, but... This could be a very interesting week, uh, to say the least. Uh, so I'm saying if your league has the option of still making some trades, I, I know most of the Yahoo leagues concluded this week. ESPN usually concludes uh, uh, right before Thanksgiving, uh, the, the Thanksgiving games. Uh, I would seriously contemplate moving Antonio Brown. I'll, I'm just putting it out there right now. Uh, I, I just don't think the value is going to be there uh rest of the season because I think the blueprint for attacking the Steelers is there. I think it's going after AB. Le'Veon's going to get his numbers and you just try to hope that those other receivers can 
uh, beat you. But they can't, I mean, as well as Juju's been playing, uh, it's still not AB. So uh, I'm, 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 it used to be a couple of years ago, AB was not matchup proof, but I'm, I'm starting to think otherwise. And, uh, you know, you don't want to get caught with your pants down uh, in the fantasy playoffs if uh, your number one uh, threat is subject to getting shut down. You want that consistency. So uh, that's uh, that's uh, takeaways from the Steelers game. All right. We've got a team here with the Rams. All right. So we're going to get into this. I mean, first off, for the Texans, on fantasy purposes, you got a lot of garbage time points out of DeAndre Hopkins. Seven catches, 111 receiving yards. Uh, also because Will Fuller got injured in this game, unfortunately. So he's probably going to miss a week with cracked ribs. Uh, Lamar Miller, as usual, was underwhelming. 60 rushing yards, no TDs. Uh, so he, he got the eight points. Now, getting to the Rams. I mean, Jared Goff goes off again. Uh... 26 and a half points, three touchdowns, over 350 yards passing. I mean, honestly, he, he, he balled out. And, you know, I used to make fun of Jared Goff last year and hold the Jared Goff Invitational for who could put together the best DraftKings lineup with having Jared Goff as awful as he was as a QB. No one's laughing now. Uh, the Rams are serious. Todd Gurley's getting his rushing yards because guess what? If you gotta actually respect the pass game, Todd Gurley can uh, run uh, run up and down the field. So uh, Gurley, 68 rushing yards, uh, also 68 receiving yards. I mean, he went all over the place. The, the Texans are a tough rush defense, and he still was putting up uh, monster numbers. Uh, if you look at Robert Woods, this was the fantasy player of the week. I mean. Yes, Watkins and Cooper Cup had their numbers. Robert Woods had eight catches on ten targets for 171 yards and two TDs. And it could have been more if they were actually trying to pile on the Texans. Because he was at that mark with uh, pretty early in the fourth quarter. I mean, if they wanted to crack 200, he was going to get two, two bills. Uh, I mean, they actually pulled up on the Texans. Which is actually the respectable thing to do, but I mean, they could have really hammered the Texans if they wanted to. So, uh, it's doubtful that Robert Woods is uh, available in any of your leagues. If he is, he absolutely needs to be owned. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, he's going to be a wide receiver one, back end wide receiver one the rest of the way. Uh, high-end uh, and the top-tier wide receiver, too, depending on your scoring format. Uh, but the amount of targets he's going to get uh, moving forward, just because you have to respect the run, you get, you have to put uh, Robert Woods in the conversation now. He's golf's favorite target. The Rams offense is flicking on all cylinders. They're putting up 30 points a game easily. The Texans are no slouch defensively. They... Even without J.J. Watt, they have a good defense. And because, yes, the Texas offense is terrible, you can put up numbers and wear out the defense. But putting up that big a number uh, and doing it in bunches in the second half, I mean, that game was relatively close at halftime. And then the Rams just opened it up on them as the Texans got tired. That's how dangerous this team is. They, they can put up points quickly. And that, 
Uh, I mean, there's not too many teams in the league uh, that you could say that about. Although, there's one of them in New England that we're going to get to next with Mr. Brady and his TB12 jungle juice, avocado, water, whatever you want to call it. Tom Brady just does his thing. I mean, Brady, three TDs, 266 yards passing, but he literally just makes it look easy. And, you know, Gronk made the made the touchdown catch that got called back. I don't care what the league says. That was a, that was a catch. I mean, Gronk got screwed there out of a touchdown. But, hey, it, it, those things tend to happen because no one knows what the hell a catch is anymore in those leagues. But, I mean, if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, I was t- talking up Rex Burkhead with folks that – he was going to get featured uh, today with the injuries uh, to Hogan and some of the others. Uh, I mean, he's the perfect little widget player that fits in, can do a lot of the little dirty work. And, you know, he put up 15 points in uh, PPR leagues. Uh, it was about 14 and a half PPR, which actually shows you how well he played. Eh, that it, it, it wasn't even just about the reception. It was about the rushing yards, too. Deion Lewis had a decent game. James White had a late TD on a nice little route he ran at, at the very end of the game. But, I mean, it, it is just a cakewalk for the Pats at this point. They're, the, they're going to be the team to beat in the AFC. I mean, the, 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 the issues that I see with the Chiefs are the, the fact that the Chiefs, you still have question marks about Alex Smith. I don't see a team in the AFC beating the Patriots right now. Uh, I, I was confident that the Patriots would get the defense sorted out. They did. Uh, at this point, you know, the Patriots are doing things the Patriot way. Whether you think that's legal or not, it's completely up to you. Martellus Bennett signs with the Patriots, despite the fact that he said, told everyone and their mother he was retiring and getting off-season soldier surgery. Miraculously, he recovers enough to play through the pain and sign with the Patriots less than 48 hours after getting cut by the Packers. You know, it is what it is, uh, you know, outside of the typical infractions you see from the Patriots, this is on the tamer side. So, honestly, uh, you kind of move on uh, from there. Uh, as for the Broncos, Emmanuel Sanders had a nice game. Uh, n- nothing nothing too crazy to write home about because, you know, I, I can't trust, uh, uh, I can't trust uh, 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 Brock Osweiler to be that accurate of a thrower going forward. I mean, Brock was actually not that bad, which is kind of like a backhanded compliment when you have to say, he wasn't that bad. Uh, but it, it, it's true, though. Uh, you know, he was decent enough. But, yeah, the, the the Denver defense has pretty much rolled over this year and written it off because uh, you look at Denver and you're saying to yourself, they should be better than they are, but the record just doesn't show it. I I, I, I see a lot of work being done for Vance Joseph in, in the offseason because uh, something, something's off with the dynamic of that team, and can't quite put my finger on it. Moving on, we've got the Niners and the Giants. All right. Let's, let's highlight something that worked well for the Giants. Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, they're going to be good players for a long time. That's about it for the Giants. Moving on. The Giants, 
basically got housed by the worst team in the league by far. The Niners, who give up at least three sacks a game. No sack Sunday. No one touches C.J. Bethard, or as other people on the uh, Twitter and uh, uh, Twitter and other social media outlets call him Beat Hard. Uh, I mean, y- you literally saw the Giants possibly hit rock bottom, but I don't even think it's rock bottom because I called this loss uh, in advance. Uh, you know, the Giants do not care about this season. They don't care about Ben McAdoo. They want him fired. The Mara, the Maras will not fire Bob McAdoo. So we got a little tug of war here to see who's going to hold out. Are the players going to tank the rest of the season and risk not hitting their performance bonus uh, incentives just to get rid of a coach that they can't stand? I, I mean, it's clear as day that McAdoo's lost the Giants locker room. I mean, the fact that uh, Marquise Gilman had an 83-yard touchdown you know, hours after just going through an unspeakable tragedy with his family, you know, that guy was more ready to play than the Giants were. And that's inexcusable. I I mean, literally, the 49ers had plays of just monster plays. Garrett Selleck, not even touched. Didn't even have 40 yards receiving in a game all year until he played the Giants. And he put up... uh, uh, he put up uh, uh, 67 yards and a touchdown. I mean, just all across the board, the Giants were completely unprepared to play this game, which, again, not shocking at all, gets all things considered, that they've given up on the season. But if you're an owner, I, I don't know what you, what your expectation level is with uh, keeping McAdoo on, on staff here. Because you're basically playing chicken with the players, so uh, if we're if the goal is to get the top two pick, we're well on our way. Because keeping McAdoo in place is the best way to do it. It is it's just a matter of how much embarrassment are you willing to take on this year when the Eagles and the Cowboys fans and the Redskins fans start piling into MetLife and start cheering their lungs out when we have divisional games coming up next month. I, I'm I'm not sure how much. The Maris can take. They they made their stance that they're sticking by McAdoo, but oh boy, it's gonna get it's gonna get much worse. I mean, we have not hit rock bottom yet. I mean, people said we hit rock bottom, but we actually have not hit rock bottom yet. So uh, take that for what you will. Moving on, we've got the Jags and the Chargers. This was the game that no one wanted to win. I mean, the amount of boneheaded plays that came across this one. I mean, Blake Bortles wasn't even the only, wasn't the worst QB in this game. Phillip Rivers just, and, you know, I hope he's okay with the concussion protocol. Maybe that might explain some of the decisions he made. I mean, Phillip Rivers was making some throws where you're just kind of scratching your head. I mean, Keenan Allen, uh, very quiet day. I mean, he was blanketed with coverage. But uh, Philip Rivers basically dumped the ball off to Austin Eckler, uh, uh, and that was the bulk of the Chargers' offense. Austin Eckler uh, running underneath the defense and picking on the linebackers and uh, linebackers uh, and the uh, defensive ends who couldn't keep up with him. Uh, he put up 27 points. He was the leading man today. 
Leonard Fournette was a non-factor. Uh, he had seven points. Marquise Lee uh, had 20 points uh, because uh, he was the only guy Blake Bortles could uh, realistically hit up outside of Alan Hearns. I mean, a lot of dump-off passes. Nothing too exciting, but man, this game was hard to watch just because of how many times both teams try to give the game away. And, you know, the fact that... <laughs> The fact that Josh Lambeau did a soccer-style celebration to cap off winning the game on a ball that was actually tipped and nearly blocked completely by the Chargers just shows just how ridiculous that game was. I, I, I just, I still shake my head at that one because that was a comical game. It wasn't a very good game, but it was comical to say the least. It kept me entertained. So, speaking of games that were not entertaining, uh, you got... The Jets and Tampa. Actually, you know what? I'm going to stop the music because this game doesn't even deserve music. Uh, Jets uh, are bad. They've been playing well, but they're bad. Tampa supposed to be good. They're bad. They played better, so they got the win 15-10. to 10. Uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, another, another game, another TD, four games in a row. Own him if he's available in the league. Own him. Uh, this, uh, you know, I get too annoyed when I see teams, uh, uh, players that just don't get owned in different leagues. Robbie Anderson needs to be owned in every league, and I'm not seeing it in every league. Uh, the ownership percentages are still under 60% on him. Uh, you know, I, that just drives me nuts. But Robbie Anderson needs to be owned, uh, and uh, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, yeah, he was better this week because n no one was there. I mean, uh, Adam Humphreys, I talked him up, had no rapport with uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, four targets. Deshaun got 10 targets, six receptions, 82 yards. I mean, this was just a bust of a game. Uh, uh, there's nothing else I can say about it. Uh, Blah Powell, complete bust. Complete bust. Uh, uh just did nothing with the opportunity that he was given with no Matt Forte. Uh, Matt Forte owners, you should be able to rest comfortably once Forte gets back healthy. Jets are on the bye, so it should work out for you. Uh, I I would not worry about it. If I'm Blau Powell owner, oh man, I am. And I am Blau Powell owner, but at this point, you're just frustrated because it's just not happening this year. Uh, everything that you drafted him for, not going to happen. Uh, just stick with Matt Forte and hope that he's available or someone drops him uh, during the bye week. I, I would just keep an eye open on uh, that front. But I think going forward, Matt Forte is going to get the carries. Powell just hasn't done anything. So either it's going to be uh, Forte or Elijah McGuire, but that's about it. All right, so moving on. Uh, we're uh, we're going to shift over to... Uh, the Lions and the Browns. Uh, honestly, the Browns were in this game. They were in this game, which is about as possible, uh, positive a thing as you could say. Uh, you know, they had that weird sequence at the end of the first half where they go for a QB sneak, and I don't know why. It's you got less than 14 seconds left. You can't go for a QB sneak. But again, it's the Browns. So anyway, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, that was his best game of the year. Uh, he still threw a pick, but 
It was his best game of the year, 232 yards passing, one TD, 23 points because he had 7 yards rushing. Isaiah Crowell, one of his best games of the year, 90, 90 yards rushing, a TD. Uh, Duke Johnson did his thing, had his uh, had 50 yards rushing, also cut the ball a couple times, had uh, 30 yards receiving. I, you know, Kenny Britt, you're alive. I mean, you got a touchdown. Honestly, this was one of the best games of the year for the Browns. Still lost by two touchdowns. I mean, th that's all you can say about this team. They lost 38-24, and it was one of their best games of the year. Uh, you know, Matt Stafford, not great, but did enough to get the job done. 250-yard uh, passing, three TDs. Theo Riddick actually had a receiving touchdown, uh, put up some numbers. Amir Abdullah, rushing TD, not great, but just good enough. And Golden Tate, you know what, had another big game, uh, 97 yards catching uh, and a TD. So, you know... It, it's, I, I call the Lions yonstipating uh, as an offense. They still are because the Browns are the worst team in the league. But at least you saw some signs that they could turn it on if they really wanted to. Because they were down in this game and they rallied and put it on them. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do as, uh, as a favorite. It's like, okay, you start off slow, you start putting on the pressure on them, and then you take over the game. So... At least the Lions uh, made some progress uh, in that regard uh, because uh, that, that was a game where they they easily could have lost it. So, moving on, we have the Case Keenum All-Stars of the Minnesota Vikings against the Washington Redskins. Case Keenum threw for four touchdowns uh, uh, on Sunday, people. Four touchdowns. If you told me Case Keenan would throw for four touchdowns against a secondary with Josh Norman in it, I, I, I probably would have laughed at your face. In fact, I'm going to laugh at Josh Norman because, honestly, Josh Norman probably isn't healthy because the fact that they gave up that many passing yards to Case Keenum is a bad sign uh, for Washington going forward. Washington cannot give up that many yards passing if they're serious about making the playoffs. Uh, you know... Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, uh, tried to make a rally out of it, uh, put up uh, 27 points uh, in fantasy, uh, got a lot of different people involved, uh, had a really nice throw to Maurice Harris, who they brought up from the practice squad, Jameson Crowder got involved, uh, Josh Stockson uh, was involved, uh, a lot of passes to Vernon Davis. I mean, Kirk Cousins was doing everything he could to keep Washington in that game. It's just the fact that they're not that good. I don't think the Redskins are that good. And if the Washington lets the Cousins go in the offseason, it'd be one of the dumbest moves. Because say what you will about Cousins, he may be limited in certain aspects. He's still a top 10 QB. You can't let those guys walk. Meanwhile, on the Vikings side, Latavius Murray and Jerick McKinnon are doing the one-two combo. They're, they're salvaging what you would have gotten out of Dalvin Cook. Again, apologies to my fellow Dalvin Cook owners. Uh, Adam Thielen had a monster game, uh, over 30 points, eight catches, 166 yards, and a TD. Stephon Diggs put up some uh, decent numbers, 78 yards of receiving TD. I mean, honestly, the Vikings were sh putting together a performance that actually made you believe that they're legit contenders today, and that's what you kind of need to see from them going forward. And, uh, you know... 
going into another game where you saw a team put on a show on the road, uh, you got the Saints. I mean, yes, did the uh, did the Bills put together anything <laughs> offensively Sunday? No. I mean, Tyrod Taylor had three points. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy, three points uh, in PPR format. Uh, I mean, uh, in the, I mean, you, Shady didn't even get the 10 points. I mean, that's how bad the Bills were Sunday. Uh, you know, even in garbage time, they, they weren't scoring points. I mean, this was all about the Saints and their running attack. Drew Brees has completely ceded this offense to Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. I mean, Drew Brees essentially is a check down QB at, at this stage of the season. Uh, I mean, under 200 yards uh, passing again, but he did have a rushing TD, so that salvaged it. Uh, again, Drew Brees, one of those guys I was warning about, uh, the Saints offense has changed completely, and if you're still hanging on to the notion that Drew Brees is going to have a big passing game the rest of this way, I got news for you, it's not happening. I mean, you can try to load the box against the Saints, but guess what? They still have Michael Thomas. They're going to throw a quick. Uh, they're going to throw a quick screen to him, or to throw it underneath to Kamara in the backfield. It, loading the box against the Saints doesn't doesn't do you any good because Drew Brees can still make those passes. It's just that uh, uh, in terms of uh, in, in terms of uh, the actual play calling, they understand that uh, Sean Payton understands that running the ball is their best option of winning games at this point. And it takes pressure off of Drew Brees getting hit. I mean, the Saints are a legitimate Super Bowl contender uh, in the NFC just because they can run the ball as much as they want, and they can still hit you with fast plays. It's not like they can't throw the ball. It's just that right now, it does. There's no incentive to do so. So, uh, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, you're not going to get any of those Saints players other than Michael Thomas on the cheap. So you can throw out a trade offer for Michael Thomas if you still have a chance to. Uh, he had 20 points uh, the other day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get the consistency out of Michael Thomas, especially considering he's a first-round pick. So you might get a desperate owner willing to offload him off of this high performance. I, I would just be a buyer beware on Michael Thomas because uh, he's not going to get the uh, uh, points consistency that you're looking for. So, are there any other games that I forgot? Yes. Uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, Green Bay-Chicago as our last game. I mean, Brett Hundley actually showed that he's an NFL QB in this game. Again, granted, that wasn't a very high bar to set, considering that, you know, Tom Savage is an NFL QB. But... At the same time, Brett Hundley did make some throws that Tom Savage can't make. Uh, he had a very nice pass down the sideline to Devontae Adams, who awoke from the offensive coma that was the injury that uh, to Aaron Rodgers. So uh, Devontae Adams had 20 points. Jordan Nelson still un in the single digits with five points. Uh, and this is PPR format, mind you. Uh, Jordan Nelson owners, uh, you can try trading them. You're not going to get much, nor should you. Uh, Devontae Adams owners, I would try to sell high here uh, because I, I, I still don't see the consistency coming from Brett Hundley. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. It, you, you try to take what you can get from the Packers offense. 
Both Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones got injured in this game. Uh, Aaron Jones looks like he has a, a sprained, torn MCL. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. Ty Montgomery re-injured his ribs. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. So this basically enters Jamal Williams, the uh, rookie running back uh, who has been the forgotten man on the depth chart uh, uh, just because he got lost to the shuffle in Green Bay. Uh, he's going to have to carry the load uh, and try to get things done. On the Bears' sideline, I mean, uh, Dontrell Inman's a name you can consider. Uh, he got traded from the Chargers. Uh, Josh Bellamy had a touchdown catch. Uh, Kendall Wright still led the team in targets. He was tied with Inman, uh, but uh, he had 46 yards uh, receiving. Inman had 88 yards. I mean, again, the Bears' offense, nothing to write home about, so you're not going to get a ton of points values. This is just like a idea if you're going to try to fill out uh, uh, fill out a roster spot if you you're depleted in terms of uh, uh, your uh, fantasy wideouts. But Jordan Howard, uh, disappointing game. I thought he was going to run for more against Green Bay. It didn't happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, you chalk it up as a one-week kind of thing and uh, see if you can bounce back for uh, next week. So uh, that wraps up Week 10 in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to get into the Jerry Jones, uh, Roger Goodell debacle uh, in the next uh, upcoming episode because I think that's a story that needs further attention. I, I, I think it's one of the most interesting stories uh, in sports right now. So uh, a lot more to come uh, in a future episode. But for now, take it easy, folks. talked about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss unlike other football shows you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks like is this the year tom brady finally looks his age will dating danica patrick distract aaron Rodgers? i mean he's dating danica patrick charlie we're interested in that you know well i mean tommy's got giselle i'll, I'll take giselle okay <laughs> is dak prescott good enough to win a super bowl for the cowboys which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018 how about intellectually charlie as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now the game has changed but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position.